0: This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Exiles. Chapter Seven, The Whispering Boy. They stood together in the hallway for a moment, trying to come to terms with everything they had seen. What now? the girl asked her brother. He shrugged. I don't know, but let's get out of here. They walked unseen through the halls. So where are we going? the girl asked. I don't know. To find Mom. Where is she? I have no idea. You said you knew where she was. He shook his head. No, I said I could hear her. Not the same thing. Right now I'm just trying to get out of here. He felt overwhelmed by the activity and noise all around them. The hospital was a riot of sound and activity. Blurred people strode quickly from room to room. Phones rang, computers chirped. Nearly every room they passed had a television set tuned to either a game show, soap opera, or the news. He could hear people talking in low voices, coughing and moaning. Many were crying. His sister pointed out a series of signs that showed the best way to escape in case of an emergency. But neither of them could make either heads or tails of the arrows and diagrams that marked the path to safety. We could set off the fire alarm, she suggested, then we could just follow everyone out. Her brother inspected a small red box on a nearby wall. There was a lever behind a pane of glass, a small metal hammer hanging from a tiny chain. It says, In case of emergency, break glass, he told her. Go for it. The girl had always wanted to set off a fire alarm, just to see what happened. But this really isn't an emergency, is it? Not really, I guess. Yeah, well, we better not. We might get in trouble. You mean worse trouble than this? Who's going to catch us? She had a point. He took up the little hammer next to the red box and tapped it experimentally against the glass. His sister looked around, just in case. Wait, he stopped. She nodded to a boy standing in a doorway nearby, watching them. His face was clear, unblurred. They could see him. He could see them. The boy was about her age, maybe a little younger, and he wore blue pajamas with green frogs on them. He was very skinny, and the skin on his face was stretched and pale. His eyes were sunken in slightly and ringed with dark circles. He smiled at them, shyly, running his hand nervously over his shaved head. Hi, the girl said. Hi, the little boy replied. You can see us. The boy nodded. What's your name? her brother asked. The boy started to answer, but stopped, glancing back into the room behind him. The girl peeked over his shoulder. Inside she saw the silhouette of a man and a woman holding each other. She could hear them crying. James, the boy had a faraway look in his eyes, his voice dreamy and soft. He held something in his hands, turning it over and over with his fingers. What do you have? The little boy held up his hand. There was a coin about the size of a silver dollar resting in his palm. It was dull gold and it shone like the sun behind the clouds. Where did you get that? Her brother collected coins and had a couple of books full of them at home. The little boy stared down at the coin and whispered, Can you hear it? Hear what? He didn't answer. His eyes were clouding over. His face grew dreamy. The girl looked at her brother and raised her eyebrows. He shrugged. The little boy didn't notice. He was whispering again, passing the coin from hand to hand. His eyelids fluttered, and he frowned. I was asleep. I was sleeping in, and I could hear something, a sound, a rushing noise, like, waves like water, from far away, rain or thunder. Louder and louder, coming closer, I sat up in bed. My parents were there talking to me, but they couldn't see me, and when I looked back, I was still there, still in bed, and they were crying. I looked so small, so sick, but then I heard it again, louder now, and I came out here to see what it was. Can you hear it? It's so loud. The girl shook her head. I don't hear anything. Where'd you get that? The boy asked, pointing to the coin. I don't know. Can I see it? He put out his hand. The little boy pulled away suddenly, frightened and wary. "'It's mine. I need it.' "'What for?' the girl asked. Her brother put his hand on her shoulder as though to hold her back. "'It's all right, James,' he said. "'Don't worry about it. "'Tell us some more about what you heard.' The boy got that drifty, faraway look in his eyes again. "'It's close, so close.' Can't you hear it like rain, like water rushing by, can you? No, the girl said, I can't. She looked up at her brother and rolled her eyes. Come on. He shook his head. We can't hear it, he told the boy. Will you show us where it's coming from? The boy nodded. He turned and walked away down the hall without so much as a glance back to where his parents wept in the room behind him. The two children, brother and sister, followed. Why, the girl asked quietly, are we following this space cadet? He's not a space cadet. He's a ghost. She looked at him skeptically. He is not. He nodded. How do you know he's not just some special case walking wandering around? The boy looked at her pointedly. Well, first of all, he can see us. She considered this. Fine. And? Second, we can see him. He's not some random smudge of clothes and face. You think he knows where he's going? I have a feeling that he does, yeah, but I'm not sure if he knows where we're going. Where are we going? He shrugged. I'll let you know when we get there. They went on in silence, following the whispering boy through the maze of hallways. Along the way, others joined them. For the most part, they wore hospital gowns and pajamas, One or two were naked, but somehow this was not embarrassing or strange. Most of them were adults, but there were quite a few children as well. All of them had gold coins like the one James had shown them, and they all muttered or whispered the sound of thunder and water and gentle waves lapping on the shore. One woman passed by them holding a tiny baby close to her. A long, twisted braid of dark rope hung from the baby's belly and trailed behind them. Tiny hands clutched a golden coin to its small, toothless mouth. "'Are they all dead?' the girl whispered to her brother. "'I think so.' Eventually they made their way to a stairwell following the ghost wandering down in the dim light. At each level, there was a door with a large number painted on it. The girl counted down as they passed the floors, one by one. After the number two, the next door was marked G. The one after that was B. After that, there were no more doors. The ghost went on downward, their whispers echoing off the concrete walls. "'Are we still in the hospital?' the girl asked her brother. "'It certainly didn't look like the hospital anymore. Hospitals were clean, with tile floors and white walls. They didn't have graffiti painted on the walls and rusty water dripping noisily from above to pool on the floor.' "'I don't think so,' her brother said. "'I really don't think so.' She nodded, and they went on, following the whispers down the stairs. Excuse me. The girl tapped the shoulder of one of the ghosts in front of her. Where are you all going? To the river. We're going down to the river. He was a young man with a pleasant, dreamy face, and he kept glancing at his wrist to check a watch that was no longer there. She looked back up the stairwell. Then shouldn't we go outside? The man merely smiled again, glanced at his wrist, and kept moving. Her brother looked at her. Don't bother them. I'm not bothering anybody, she said. I'm just asking. Well, don't. They've got enough on their minds. At the bottom, they came to a long, narrow hallway. "'At the end of the hallway was a dark wooden door "'through which the ghosts passed one by one. "'It banged shut, leaving the boy and his sister alone. "'They approached the door slowly. "'A scrap of cardboard hung from a rusty nail. "'Someone had written on the cardboard with green marker, "'but the cardboard had swelled "'and the letters blurred from the dripping water. "'The girl tried to read it but gave up, looking to her brother.' What's it say? He squinted at the sign, tracing one finger over each of the washed-out letters. Terminus. What's that mean? I don't know. She looked at him for a moment and then pulled open the narrow door with a low bow. Her brother went forward, and she followed him through. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by TM Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. this podcast was written performed and produced by tm camp and may not be copied distributed transcribed or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission failure to comply is a violation of international copyright law and will slowly chip away at your soul bit by bit over the years until there is nothing left but a pile of pale pink shards that might once have been, long ago, something beautiful. And then what will you do with yourself? Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007, TM Camp. All rights reserved. So there.